All right, so first, Michael Betts, where are you? Michael, what is the gospel? Come on, man, come on, man. We just, we just did this like an hour ago. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Yes, it is the good news of Jesus Christ. Sorry for pointing you out. But tonight we are going to learn about evangelism. And evangelism is simply just telling others about your hope and your faith in Christ. Now, a lot of times we know that we're supposed to do evangelism, but a lot of times we don't do that. Um, there's many factors involved. Maybe we don't know enough. Maybe we don't, uh, we're just scared of doing it. But to tell you, the number one fear is people will say that they do not know enough about the Bible to do evangelism. Now, tell me, um, you don't have to raise your hand or anything, but if you are a believer, if you are a Christian, the second that you become a Christian, you know enough about the gospel to tell somebody else about it. The very second. You don't have to know why God created the earth in seven days, or if there was Darwinian evolution involved in it, or how old the earth is, or anything of that sort, why there might be, quote, contradictions in the Bible. You don't have to know any of that to share the gospel with people. But there are a few things that we have to do before we can evangelize. So the first thing that we're going to have to do, and I have a list of five items of what we have to do before we can evangelize. Here they are. Pray. Number one is pray. Number two, have a plan. Number three, pray. Number four, have a plan. Number five, pray. That's it. That's all you have to do before you can do evangelism. Prayer is the number one thing that we need to do. We need to pray. Pray for the lost. We're going to pray for opportunities to evangelize, and we're going to just pray that our hearts are in right relationship with God, that He will be doing the work. So, the first one is praying. This card, this little bookmark that you have, this is, a, uh, this is all created by the North American Mission Board. So your tithes and offerings, a portion of it goes to the North American Mission Board. What they do is they train people to do church plants or they have these programs to help teach evangelism. And one of their programs is called Who's Your One? Who is your one? And the whole premise of this, the whole purpose of the Who is Your One is you know at least one person in your life that doesn't know the Lord. Every person in here knows at least one person in their life that doesn't know the Lord. So, on this bookmark, 
it kind of folds and you can tear it off. But on the back, there is a line, a blank line, where you can write that one person that you have in your mind right now. Because when I said everybody knows somebody, you already had that name in your mind. I would like for you to write that name on this card and keep it. Keep it in a place where you can look at it daily. You can keep it in your wallet. You can keep it on your bathroom mirror. Uh, you can keep it on the remote control TV. You know, for the TV, you could keep it on the microwave, wherever. But keep it where you can see that name daily. Write it down. If you know right now, you can write it down. Go ahead and write it down. Tear that card off and keep it with you. The rest of this card is just some Bible verses uh, of some things for you to be praying about for your one person. Also, we gave you this little book. It is a 30-day prayer guide for 30 days for you to write or journal your prayers or to go over um, as a devotion praying for your one person. Now here's the thing. This 30 days, if every single one of us in here prays for your one person for 30 days, our community will be turned upside down. And I did the kind of calculation on the mat or on the calendar in 30 days from today, today is what, the 7th? If you continue to pray for 30 days from today, by October 7th, which is our first major event, October 8th, the Pride Family Concert, God is going to do some marvelous things. So I encourage you to keep that. And also write the name of your person and pray for them once a day for 30 days. The other two cards, uh, you can keep them or you can hand them out to your person. It's just some information for you. The next is we're going to have to have a plan. So those who do not plan to evangelize will never evangelize. If you don't plan on doing it, you won't do it. All right? Does that make sense? If we don't plan on doing it, we will never evangelize. Now, spontaneous evangelism does happen sometimes. Like, you know, you might be at the grocery store or something like that and see the cashier, she's having a rough day. But sometimes it's very rare that that happens except for if you constantly do evangelism. If you constantly do evangelism, you see those opportunities to do it. But if you've never done evangelism before, you will never see spontaneous evangelism. So you have to have a plan. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for opportunities to do it. We're going to pray for our person that God will start to soften their heart 
and we're going to have a plant. Now, I've made that planting part just a little bit easier for you because some perfect times for you to do evangelism, we have some dates. September 17th, we have the cap show up here. October 8th and 9th, we have the Pride Family. October 15th, we have a play day. Here's two great ones. October 29th is the Fall Festival at the park. Oh, well, I'll say them again. <laughs> October 30th is a trunk or treat, and October 16th we have a team roping up here. So, okay, 16th is gone. But the rest of those, we have created opportunities for you to practice evangelism. There is no greater thing in the world than being able to lead somebody to Jesus Christ. That is a great, great joy. And when I tell you that spontaneous evangelism does happen, it does. Sometimes, but not a lot. One year ago, two days, one year ago would be the anniversary. Um, yeah, it was Monday. Monday would have been the one-year anniversary where I sat down at Epcot at Walt Disney World to talk to an individual who had just came out of the park, was in tears, and was just in shambles. And the only reason I knew that is because Facebook brought it up as a memory for me. But he was just in shambles. And as I sat down and I talked to him, we, I got to kind of know him just a little bit of what was going on, why he was the way he was. But God opened the door for me to share the gospel with this individual at Disney. That's spontaneous evangelism. It wasn't planned out, but God brought the person to me. That happens. But what really happens is we have to plan to do it. We have to be ready to go do the evangelism. So, I said, um, yeah, those with no plan will not plan to have a plan to evangelize. Clarify it? Clear as mud? Okay. I wrote that out. I thought it was kind of neat. But if you don't plan, you will never make a plan to evangelize. So we have to have a plan. So first we have to pray, and we have to have a plan. Whether it being, okay, I'm going to sit down with Bob over a coffee break that we have at work. Or I'm going to invite Sue and... Billy over to our house for dinner, and I'm going to share my good news with them. Okay, those are plans. Those are plans, but we have to have that ready. So I'm going to share with you the easiest way to evangelize. Okay? It's called Share Jesus Without Fear, and that's the guy that, that came up with it. 
uh, William Fay. He goes by the name of Bill, Bill Fay. And here's how it works. We have to develop a heart to share Jesus. We're going to have to learn a way, which is what we're doing tonight, to share him. And we're going to respond to some of the challenges. And then we're going to see that we have to be obedient to share him. So let me ask this question. Has there ever been a time in your life where you had the opportunity to share the gospel, but you didn't? Yeah? A, a lot of times. We do. That is what Bill came up with as the sin of silence, which I thought this was great. It's called the sin of of silence, where we had the opportunity, it was laid out before us to share the gospel with somebody, and we didn't do it. We sinned because we were silent, and it really is a deadly sin, because who knows what could have happened to that person after they left your presence. Now, they could have. Now, I'm going to tell you, Mr. Randall led my dad to the Lord. If Mr. Randall sat in his truck and was silent that day, my dad could have easily died right after that. And if he had done that, I wouldn't have been here. My kids wouldn't have been here. My sisters wouldn't have been here. It is a deadly sin, sitting in silence. But because Mr. Randall decided that he was going to open up and share the gospel, it changed one man's heart. And not only his heart, it changed his kids' hearts and a lot of his grandkids' hearts. And also, not only that, but other hearts that have been interacted with myself or my sisters. All because... That guy right there decided he was not going to be quiet. So who knows? How many lives could be touched if you were just to share the gospel with one person? It is deadly not only to them, but it is also deadly to our church. It is deadly to our church in the same way that somebody is not hearing the gospel. So has there been people in the Bible that have committed the sin of silence? Yeah, Peter denied Jesus three times. We deny him, we deny Jesus with our silence. So why do we commit the sin of silence? Fear? Let's go ahead. There is a, a a research that was done that the average number of times somebody has to hear the gospel is seven times before it takes root. But who knows? You could be the seventh person if the, if the average is correct. You could be the seventh person. 
Jesus once said that the harvest is plentiful, but the does anybody can anybody finish that? But the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So how do we get over the sin of silence? We have to develop a heart to share Jesus. Develop the heart. Now, the number one verse in all of the Bible comes out of, uh, about sharing the gospel, comes out of Matthew 28. It says, Go, teach, proclaim, baptize. But the biggest thing it says is go. Right at the beginning, that is an action verb. Going, as you are going, share the gospel. So, when we are going and we don't share the gospel, we are in direct disobedience to God. So what are some reasons why we're afraid to share? Might be because we don't want to break up the relationship that we have with the person. We're too afraid. We can't won't want to get out of our comfort zones. Now, there's a, a few of you that I know that love to talk. So I don't know why you might be afraid to share with somebody. But, yeah, some don't know, but that's okay. If you are a believer in Christ, you know enough to share the gospel. Anger at particular situations. Yes, but we're going to have to develop a heart to share. Now, what is successful witnessing? What do we think successful witnessing is? To bring them to the Lord? To see conversions? Does anybody, does anybody agree with that? A successful witness is to bring somebody to the Lord? I'm going to say you're, you're wrong. A success in witnessing is living the Christian life daily, sharing the gospel. And here's the biggest part. Trusting God for the results. Success is not bringing someone to Christ. Success is telling somebody about Christ and leave the results to God. We can't be responsible for any results that may happen. But a success is you sharing the gospel with somebody. If you do that, you've already been successful. So, let me see where I'm at. Okay. People love to express their opinions, and many people are hungry to talk about their spiritual questions. Especially in today's world, with the things that are happening, people are hungry to grab a hold of any type of spiritual thing and take a hold of it. Now, did you know that every single person on earth has a religion? Every single one of them. Atheism is a religion. A religion is just a systematic belief system 
that you just have a belief system in place. Not believing in God is a belief system. Having a, a belief in rabbits being your God, that is a belief system. Everybody is hungry to have some kind of spiritual conversation with someone else. So, the way that I'm going to teach you today is easy. And here's how it works out. There are five questions that are kind of probing questions. And if you look on that other sheet of paper that says, Share Jesus Without Fear, that has the five questions on it. There are five probing questions that you start to talk to somebody about. Then, there are seven verses that we let the Bible speak. Don't worry, you do not have to memorize any single Bible verse, because I'll show you why. You're not going to have to memorize any of them. And then there are five more questions at the end to kind of help point the direction. Now those five questions at the, the, are the probing questions, you don't have to say those at all um, in, in order to start evangelizing. You can make up your own, but sometimes it's like, do you have any kind of spiritual belief? You're leaving that open to them. You just ask a question, hey, do you have any kind of spiritual belief? And guess what? They're going to start spouting out whatever they believe in. Now, if they, if they say that Oprah Winfrey is the God that lives in Chicago, and when I die, I'm going to spend eternity with Oprah Winfrey in her condo, don't say, no, you're an idiot. However they are, just say, okay, and move on. Move on to the next one. Just listen to what they say, and then move on. Then you can say, okay, to you, taking it off of yourself and putting it on them to say, to you, who is Jesus? Well, they'll give you an answer. Oh, Jesus was a guy that he's a mythological figure. Don't try to debate him and say, well, come on now. You're a dummy. Just say, okay. Move on to the next one. Now, if you're a good husband to any wife, you've already learned to say, yes, ma'am. That's exactly what I want you to say to these people when you ask these questions. Whatever they just say, just okay. All right, let's, let's keep going. Do you believe that there's a heaven and a hell? Well, no, I don't. I think we're just going to be poofed and that's it. Okay. All right, if you were to die right now, where do you think we'll go? Well, just answer that. We'll just be going off anywhere else. Now, here's the important one. If what you were to believe were not true, would you want to know it? Most people would say yes. Most people would say yes, because a lot of times we don't want to believe in a lie. We want to know that our truth is real. So we'd say, yeah. But if they say no, shake your hands off, say, all right, have a good day. That's it. 
were you a success? Yeah, you were a successful witness because you started and initiated that conversation. You might not feel like you were successful, but you were successful. Now, Satan will try to get you to feel like you were unworthy, but you were successful. And if they say yes, we move on. And here's what we do. Before I move on to the next one. On, we carry a Bible with us. We carry a pocket New Testament. Bill Fay says he calls it his pocket derringer. But you carry the New Testament with you. And inside, what you're going to do a little bit later on, you're going to mark these verses that are out there. Now, like I said, you don't have to memorize a verse at all because it's written on the cover. You're going to go to Romans 3.23. And in fact, in mine, and what I'm going to share with you a little bit later, I wrote the page number. You're going to hand them the Bible. It says, well, let me share with you what I believe. Will you open this up and go to page 195? That is Romans 3.23. I turn over to Romans 3.23. And there it is. It's underlined. I have them read it. Okay? After I have them read it, I say, what does it mean to you? They tell you about it, what, it, what they think it means. I don't debate with them. I just say, what does it mean to you? And then I say, okay, let's go right up here at the very top. Go to the next verse, Romans 6.23. That's on page 198. You're going to have them hold this Bible the whole time. And as they are going through it, you will be praying for the Holy Spirit to do His work that only He can do. Because you can't do anything. You let the Holy Spirit work. You're going to go through those lists once until you get down to Revelation. And that's it. You let the Holy Spirit do His work. And why do we do this? We have them read it aloud because in Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes from hearing the message. Have them read it aloud. Faith comes from hearing. So then, after they read that verse and we ask the question, what does it say to you? Well, it's a very biblical. It's because of Luke 10, 26. So Jesus asked, well, how do you read it? See, this is simple. You have to know nothing. You don't have to know anything. You just have to be willing to ask a question or two and then hand them the Bible and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So a few things to remember on that is the lost person is the one that's doing the reading. Not you. Let them do the reading. The, ho the lost person is the one that's doing the talking. The Holy Spirit is the one that's doing the convicting, convincing, sorry, 
And God's word is the one that does the convicting. All while you sit back and you pray. That's it. That's simple. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Any single person can do that. And remember why? Why is this a success? It's because it's sharing the gospel and trusting God for the results. Not ourselves, but God. So here are the Bible verses, and they're on your sheet right there. But there's seven of them. And we're going to go through and we're going to mark our New Testaments here in just a little bit. But there's seven of them. I think we are. Um, yeah, we'll have some time. But there's seven of them. And then right after that, and the reason why we do these verses, a lot of it's like the Romans Road. If some of you were familiar with that. Um, but here it is, Romans 3.23. Someone read it. At Ma- Michael, what, Romans 3.23, that is our memory verse this week. What is it? Because you're my disciple. <laughs> that is our memory verse. What is it? For the... Yeah, 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 that's right. 623 is the next one. Sorry, 623 is our next memory verse. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I get those two mixed up because it's 23 at the end. Then Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. John 3.3. You can read it there. They're all right there on your piece of paper. And this deals with the issue of sin, the penalties of sin. How to enter a relationship with Christ. Um, John 14, 6 shows that Jesus is the only way. That's the narrowness of the gospel. Romans 10, 9 through 11, it shows that anybody can be saved. 2 Corinthians 5, 15, it tells us that we must surrender and turn to Him, to Jesus. And in Revelations 3.20, it gives you the opportunity or the choice to accept or reject the gospel. That's why those verses are chosen. After you've gone through that, you ask five more questions. Just to kind of gauge where they're at. Are you a sinner? Well, The first one tells us that. The first verse tells us that. Do you want forgiveness of your sin? Well, the last gives us the opportunity. Revelation 3.20 gives us the opportunity to reject it. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross and then rose again? Are you willing to surrender your life to Christ? And then are you ready to invite Jesus into your life? And then if they get to that point and they say yes, we have been taught, if you grew up in church, you have been taught to say a sinner's prayer. It's 
the, the prayer doesn't save you. The prayer is just a guideline to help someone who doesn't know how to pray. So you don't have to memorize one that says, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I, I ask for your forgiveness of sins. I know that you died on the cross. You rose again. I invite you to come into my life. You don't have to memorize all that and ask them to repeat it. Here's something simple, what you can do. Tell them, go ahead and say whatever you want to God right now. They say, yeah, that they want to invite Jesus in their life. The Holy Spirit has been working on them at that moment. And Scripture tells us that when we do not have the words to say, He will fill in the void. So at that moment, you don't have to memorize this prayer. You can just say, would you like to say something to God? Would you like to pray yourself to God? Now, they may ask you for help, but let them try to do it. Because no matter what we say, it doesn't mean anything. It's what's in our hearts. And God is the only one that's going to be able to tell what's in their hearts. Not you, not me. The prayer can be meaningless. As, I mean, it's... Uh, Billy Graham, I love Billy Graham. He did great, great work. But part of the backsliding that we see in churches today is, comes from the crusade era. Because many people believe that if I just say this sinner's prayer, I can, I've got fire insurance, I'm good. What it is, is let God and the Holy Spirit do the work of convincing and convicting. You are an instrument. That's all you are. You are just the instrument. You just have to say, hey, if, if the only thing you really have to know is, hey, if what you believe is not true, would you like to know the truth? That's all that you really have to memorize. And then hand them the Bible and let them go. That's it. That's simple. Simple as that. So, you're one. That one person that you wrote down. I want to challenge you. Sometime between now and the 30 days, or even a little bit after that 30 days, give them this New Testament that you're about to mark in. Okay? That's it. I don't want you to keep it, but at least give it to somebody or at least give it to that one person that you're praying for. So, now, here's what we're going to do. Everybody take their New Testaments. Open up the cover. When you open up the cover, I want you to write Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23. Write that down and write next to it. I want you to write page. You can put a P or a PG or you can write out page. Page 195. 
page 195. Romans 3.23, page 195. Once you've done that, I want you to turn over to page 195. And right at the very top of 195, there's going to be number 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Underline that. Underline that verse. If you can't see, that's okay. Move it up closer. <laughs> Underline that verse. And at the top margin... After you've underlined it, why are, why are we underlining it? Does anybody know why we're underlining it? It makes it jump off the page for them to see it. So they don't have to search. At the top, you're going to write Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. And that is on page one. 198, 198, just a couple pages over. And about midway down on that page, you will find it, underline Romans 6.23, underline that. You kind of get the point. Then up in the corner, again, you'll write John 3, 3. And that's on page 117. Now, we may not have time to finish marking all of it up. But if you'll take your other page um, that has the Bible verses on it, and you just want to write these page numbers down and do it later when you get home, you can. But the most important thing on John 3.3, 3, John 3.3, 3, it's on page 117. Instead of just underlining, you're going to do something special. You're going to add a cross on John 3.3. 3. You're going to add a cross. And the reason that you're going to add a cross is this is the only verse where you're not going to ask them, what does that mean to you? This is where you're going to stop and say, why do you think Jesus came to die? That's it. So, on John 3.3, if you write a cross up there, you can even write that question in. But that cross is to help you remember to stop asking what does it mean to you? And to ask, why did Jesus come to die? You can even write that question if you have a Bible big enough in the margins there. And then the rest of them, John 14, 6 is going to be on page 137. That's in this Bible. I mean, every other Bible is different, you know that. But that's in this Bible. 137 is John 14, 6. Romans 10, 9 through 11. 
is going to be on page 203. Romans 10, 9 through 11 is on page 203. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 is on page 233. 2 Corinthians 5.15 is on page 233. And Revelation 3.20 is on page 330. Revelation 3.20 is on page 330. So to go through all of it real quick again, we're going to ask five probing questions. And then we're going to get down to the, bit, the end and ask, if what you believe is not true, would you want to know it? If they say no, bid them a good day and move on. But if they say yes, Pull out your pocket derringer and start shooting. All right? Because, boy, it's going to get wild from there on. Pull it out. Open up to the front cover and say, hey, will you go to these pages for me? Read them out loud. After each verse, ask, what does it mean to you? Let them explain it. Then you get to John 3, 3. That's the one question you're going to say, why did Jesus come to die? And then keep going. That's it. You have to know zero about this Bible to do that. It's the easiest way I've ever found. There are thousands of ways to share the gospel with somebody. Thousands of ways. There's evangelism explosion. There's the who's your one thing. There's three circles. There's what's called gospel napkin. There's telling just telling your testimony. There's countless of different programs that you can do. And if you're interested in it, Find one that just works for you. That's all this is. It's just find one that works for you. I mean, you could take the Steps to Peace with God tracks that we have and walk them through that. If that's what you love to do, keep doing it. This is just one extra tool to have in your toolbox. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Whatever works for you, use it. But this is just one way that I found that is easy. It works for me. I have to do nothing. All I have to do is just pray as they're reading it. That's it. That's it. So I hope that uh, you've kind of learned something about it this tonight. I, I want to encourage you, really. If you get nothing out of this tonight, that's okay. But just please hold on to this one thing I'm going to say. This one thing. 
Pray for your one. For the next 30 days, pray for your one person that you know that doesn't have, that doesn't know the Lord. Pray for them. And in 30 days from now, by the time the concert comes around, you want to see an act of God. If every single one of us do that and we pray, we're going to see an act of God. He wants us to be obedient. And being obedient, you cannot fail. If you're, if you're being obedient, you cannot fail. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, I think that's all I, I had. Yeah, that's it. Um, your sheets that has a question on it, like I said, nobody is going to look at those except for me, and really I'm just going to go through and I'm on tally. Um, and I, I don't know anybody's handwriting anyways, except for my wife's. Um, but even then, I don't think you had to do any handwriting, just circle. Um, so I'm the only one that's going to see that. Dad's not going to see that. He's just going to get the final results of, you know, percentage-wise. Um, but other than that, I hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll go ahead and pray. Um, yeah, and have a good week. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I ask first and foremost, God, for the names that are on those cards, those names that each person is thinking about. I pray that right now, as of September 7th, that you begin to soften their hearts. Lord, that you will make an opportunity for our people to be able to share your good news with that one person. If that cannot happen, Lord, I ask that you give the opportunities to our congregation to be able to share with at least one person. Begin to soften the hearts of the people of Morris County and Cass County. Lord, that they will be willing and open to hear from you. Lord, we know even recently, you, you took hard ground and made it soft. If you can take hard ground and make it soft, Lord, you can make a hard heart soft. And Lord, that is what we are praying. That even the most raunchiest person in Morris County, the hardest hearted person in Morris County will interact with somebody in our congregation tonight that they will be willing and open to hear your good news. And all these things I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I know what I was going to say. I'm sorry. I need ten people. You don't have to tell me now, but I would need at least ten, maybe fifteen people who say, yes, I want to take this commitment a little bit further 
to be an evangelism team for our event dates. For our event dates. So about 10 to 15 of you, um, that would be amazing. And if we do that, man, we're going to see, we're going to reach the moon. So think about that, pray about that. If you're willing to go deeper, come see me later. And um, we'll get you get you going. Have a good day.